Bibles this morning, or however you turn to your Bibles, I'm going to give you two passages of Scripture. I like to do that because it makes you get familiar with the Word. I can, remember, I can still remember when I first started going to church, uh, really going to church, I should say. I, I was raised in church up to about the age of 12 and then started going back after Jade and I got married. You know, marriage will do that to you. Marriage will make you want to get back in church, amen? <laughs> Figured out who created marriage and all this good stuff, you know. So we got back in church, and I remember when the pastor started asking, you know, where to turn to your Bible. I was not familiar with my Bible. I had not read my Bible. And I can still remember going to the book of contents and figuring out where Genesis is at. And I figured out, oh, yeah, that's the first book of the Bible. And then Revelation is the end and, and then all in between. And uh, so I like to tell people to turn, or, you know, some people today are with their phones. So turn to Exodus chapter 18 and Romans chapter 13. So I'm going to share a scripture out of uh, Exodus chapter 18 here in a little while, and then I will also get to Romans 13 here in a little bit as well. And if you know me, I'm going to inject more scriptures than that as well. And what I'm going to do today is if you're taking notes, you can take notes there on the back of your bulletin. Uh, there's a, a few things, a, a few questions that we're going to answer and I encourage you, your bulletin, I'm not going to go over, over everything that's in the bulletin. I believe that everybody in here can read. Amen. So be sure to look at your bulletin and see what all is coming up this week and uh, different dates that are going on. Um, be sure this Tuesday is the voting day, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. But I'm going to answer three questions. So if you're taking notes, you might want to write these down. The first question that I'm going to answer today, is it a sin to not vote? Is it a sin not to vote? We're going to talk about that. The second qu question I'm going to answer is, do we have a Christian responsibility to vote? Do we have a Christian responsibility to vote? And the third question that I'm going to answer is this one. How do we approach voting as Christians? And you'll notice if you got your bulletin today, and if you didn't get one, please get one before you leave. We, we have a I put it in there. Uh, I put a bulletin insert in there for you to help you with your voting on Tuesday. It's actually a cheat sheet, and I'm going to talk about that here in just a little bit. I'll tell you what God's been doing in me as your pastor. The title of this message is God and Country, and I have attended over the past few months in September and October, I've attended two leadership summits, Leaders on Fire, I think is what they called them, and it's where... Um, a gentleman by the name of Pastor Bill Ledbatter, who pastors uh, First Baptist Church in Durant. He's an older gentleman. Um, he reminds me of my Uncle Jack Harrell. Uh, he, he's, he's just, he's got a, that grandpa figure about him. He's a very stately man. And, um, and he's been pastoring there at that church for almost 30 years. And under his uh, ministry, he's raised up a senator out of his church, Senator Bullard. And I got to hear him speak, and I really enjoyed listening to him. But at these summits, these two summits, we had one in Oklahoma City at the Capitol. We had another one at Weatherford at Pastor Scott Page's church at um, uh, Liberty Church there in Weatherford. And so what happened was we had representatives, we had senators, and we also had pastors that spoke. And Pastor Bill Ledbetter got up, and I was telling Jada about my first time sitting underneath him and hearing him teach, and he had a PowerPoint about America, and he just went through 
and I'm, 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 I may have to have him come here to Harvest Fellowship Church and do it sometime. But whenever he got done with his PowerPoint message, guys, I had tears in my eyes, and I was so, so, so thankful that I lived in America. It was just beautiful, this presentation that he gave. I came home and told Jade about it, and I just began to break down and weep. I was telling Jade about it, and I just began to cry because I was like, we live in America, and we take so much for granted. We don't know what has been fought for us. People died for us. What, you know, when they came over you know, from, from Great Britain and started this great nation, I mean, we just we don't comprehend it. And here's the sad thing is it's not being taught in schools today. The true American history is not being taught in schools today. So, uh, so God has inspired me through some other pastors to start teaching this from a pulpit at church, God and country, how we were founded. Because kids are not being taught this in school. And I can't teach this every Sunday because God holds me accountable to teach the whole counsel of God, right? Amen. So I asked Pastor Bill Ledbetter, I said, Pastor Bill, I said, how do you do this at your church where you teach on these these things that you have taught us? And he said, Well, Mark, he said, over the years, he goes, Here's here's what you do, son. He goes, Go easy and go slow. Don't be a fire hose on this situation. Go easy and go slow. Like, oh, I don't know if I can do that, Pastor Bill. And then he said, he said, what I do is, he goes, I look at my calendar like this Sunday with the boating, boating come up, I'll share a message. He goes, at our church, he goes, I've, I've, our people are conditioned that every Sunday where I talk about Freedom Sunday is it's going to be a message about God and country. And I said, okay. And uh, so then he, he said, um, and so I, I took that, and then he said, then every fifth Sunday in the year, he goes, I'll do a teaching on God and country. So I kind of stole his thunder, and I'm using this as God and country is what I'm going to start doing. And so I'm going to start this pattern of teaching us, and I'm gonna, today we're just going to hone in on one thing is voting. And so I'm going to talk about issues that we're going to be voting on coming up. And I'm going to show you in the Word of God how we're supposed to be voting now, it's up to you what you do with that information, um, but I'm being held accountable by God to teach it. And so I want to teach it according to God's word. And that, um, so here's what I'm trying to do, guys. I just, I want you to hear my heart this morning because I prayed this morning. Jade and I prayed, and I was just like, Lord, I, I want your heart to come through me, Father. And so I don't want, this is what I'm trying to do. I want you to hear my heart this morning. I'm not trying to create a red wave. I'm not trying to create a blue wave. I'm trying to create a brain wave called the mind of Christ to get into every one of us. And that when we go to the polls and vote, that we vote with a biblical worldview. We don't vote our conscience. Some of our consciences are messed up. Okay, We've got to get our conscience from the Word of God, our right and wrong from the Word of God. So this, is, this book, the Word of God, has got to be our final authority. This book is what this nation was founded upon. Schools aren't teaching that, but this is what it was founded upon. You, you can go back, and um, Senator Buller did a teaching on this, and he talked about, he used to be a school teacher of American history, and he said, I tried to teach it like they was telling me to teach it, and I had to just say, I can't. And so I started teaching it the way it was supposed to be taught, and he was using the Word of God and taking the Constitution and showing where, where they wrote the Constitution that they got it from the Word of God. And wrote the Constitution like that. And so, uh, and what I believe that God's trying to do is wake up a bunch of uh, men and women of God in pulpits across America 
to start preaching and teaching this information, this, this revelation, I should say, from the pulpits of America so we can develop a mind of Christ. And Charles Finney said, if, if, you know, if, if, the, if America is going down the tubes and all of us think that it is, then the pulpits are to blame. That's what Charles Finney said. And so we've got to get this back in the pulpit. So this is why I'm bringing you this message today. And the first scripture that we're going to look at is Psalms 33, verse 12. It says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. We are a Christian nation, but it's, it's, um, uh, we're losing ground. And the reason why is because the church is not turning out to vote, the church of Jesus Christ. And if you're not... And what I'm wanting to do today is I'm not going to raise your hands if you're registered to vote or whatever, or ask you, are you Republican, Democrat, or whatever. I, that, that's not it. What I want, I'm trying to inspire you to get registered to vote if you're of age to vote, and I'm trying to inspire you to go vote, to make your voice matter. And everybody said, amen, okay? Because we need the church to show up and show out on Tuesday. Patricia works the polls here, and she told me that that they've been conditioning her and telling her that they're going to have a record turnout on Tuesday. I pray that happens in every county in, in Oklahoma, everywhere all over this nation. But the deal is, is we should be having a record turnout for every vote is what should be going on. Proverbs 14, verse 34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns any people. And what I'm trying to do, guys, and I want you to really hear my heart today, what the Lord has impressed upon me is to teach, this is what he told me, teach my people of the need to apply my word to all areas of life, including civil government. And so some will say this, well, we Christians are not of this world. We'll just vote for Jesus. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say. Oh, my gosh. Jesus don't need your vote. Okay, he's already seated at the right hand of the Father. He already earned that position. He's he's over every principality and power and darkness there is out there. He is King Jesus, and everybody said he don't need our vote. Ephesians one verses twenty through twenty three says he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Everybody say, Jesus is king. Yes, and he is, the Father God is ultimately in control and he is sovereign, but he placed us on this planet and the church has got to get rid of, I do believe that we're, there's, I do believe in the rapture, I do believe in the second coming of the Lord, but God called us to occupy until he comes. Not have our bags packed and ready to go. He wants us to infiltrate society and change culture until he comes. Jesus said he's coming back for a broad, with, for a broad, God dang, that came out totally wrong. He's coming, back, he's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. Edit that, please, in Jesus' name. He's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle is what he's coming back for. He's coming back for a bride that's on fire. Not somebody that's got their bags packed and hiding behind the wall and hiding in the closet, you know, in the prayer closet or whatever. That's the bride that Jesus is coming back for. We, we have so many, you know, there was a, there was a teaching going around that, that September and October, 
that that's when the rapture was going to happen. It didn't happen. How many of you still here? <laughs> We're all still here. And Jesus is saying, I need you to occupy till I come. I've grown up in church for several years now, and I heard somebody say this one time, and I think it was back in the 80s, and they said that there was things going around and somebody had even wrote a book about, you know, Jesus coming back, I think, in 88 or something like that. And somebody went out and just ran up credit card debt and said, well, you know, I'm going to run up credit card debt because he's coming back anyway. Well, he didn't come back, and they're still paying on that credit card debt today. So, guys, we gotta, that's why I'm talking about we've got to have a brainwave. We've got to have the mind of Christ coming to all of us and that we're going to occupy until he comes. All right, here's number one. Is it a sin to not vote? James 4.17 says, If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Now, I'm going to explain. I'm going to, this is not a heaven or hell issue. If you, if you don't vote, you're not going to go to hell, okay? Uh, but if you want heaven on earth, you need to go vote. If you want righteousness on earth, you need to, you need to vote. I don't know that I would say it is a sin to not vote, but I believe it is a huge mistake that is perhaps bordering on a sin at the worst, and at the least is a completely irresponsible and bad stewardship. We all have a voice. Okay, so I've answered that question, hopefully. Now, each question is going to build on it each itself, so here's the second one. Do we have a Christian responsibility to vote? I'm going to answer that in three, different, in three different ways. Here's the first one. We are responsible to exert a godly influence. If you're living and breathing, you are responsible to exert a godly influence, whether that's in your family, at your workplace, wherever you're at, wherever your circle of influence is, you are responsible to exert a godly influence because Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, he said, you are the salt of of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on, a st on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Everybody look at somebody sitting next to you and say, you are salt and you are light. And we've got to be salt and light while we were here. That's part of the occupying until he comes. Matthew 6 verses 9 through 10, it says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The government in heaven is good, but he wants that government to come down here amongst men and women. And we have to pray that, and we have to participate, and we have to occupy until that happens. And, and part of that is voting. That's a small, small part of it is voting. Light points the way, and salt preserves we should live in such a way that we point others to God and preserve godliness in a culture that is contaminated by sin. We should seek for God's will to be done in our homes, in our towns, in our state, in our nation. And we do that by being salt and light. And everybody said? Okay. The next thing that we're supposed to do is we are responsible to pray for our leaders. 
And this is 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. It says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. So God wants us to pray for our leaders. I have been guilty of not praying because I don't agree with everything that's being done. So therefore, I don't pray, and that's not right. we got to pray, guys. As the body of Christ, we have to pray. And I'm telling off on myself and being transparent. So it may seem like there's a finger pointed at you, but there's three pointing back at me today. And as voters, this is the third thing underneath this, as voters, we share the responsibility of government. If you remember, the, we the people, we the people. In Romans 13 is the scripture, the main scripture text for today, and it says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good, but if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Verse 5 says, Therefore it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them, and if you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Okay, that's Romans chapter 13 about submitting to authority. What if it's unrighteous authority? Well, we have to get ultimate authority is this. So if they go against this, we submit to this, okay? I don't know where this is going to go this week. I don't, but we've got to turn out and vote, okay? And I'm trusting God with the results. But when I read Romans 13, I want you to think about this. Of course, in those days, in Paul's day, there was no such thing as voting. People lived in monarchies and empires, and your role in government as a Christian was basically to pray for and submit to the ruling authorities, even though this was your ruling, your absolute ruling authority. But when you live in a republic like we do, things are different. And this is because President Lincoln described our government in the Gettysburg Address in 1863, and he said, we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And so as a voter, you, ha- you share in the responsibilities of government by voting. And if you don't vote, then you have no right to complain. You have no voice. The word vote comes from the Latin word votum. <laughs> vote them in, vote them out. All right? V-O-T-U-M. That, that, <laughs> there's your little side. I've worked on that all week, by the way. Um, and it means, the Latin word for vote means will or choice. 
And instead of just praying for your leaders to make good and wise choices on your behalf, you are part of the decision-making process, and so you're responsible to make good and wise choices on behalf of your nation, and we do that through voting. Vote them in, vote them out. Amen? So, now, we're going to get to this, and this is where the bulletin insert comes in. How do we approach voting as Christians? And so, I began to ask Pastor Bill Ledbetter this, and I said, you know, I want to be able to give our congregation something to take home. You're going to have to take this home. You're going to have to get on those websites. And, uh, and it it's really is a cheat sheet on who you need to vote for, okay? But I want you to use your mind and read each candidate and what's, what they're really up to. I don't want you to, hear me out, I don't want you to believe the postcards you've been getting in the mail. In fact, i got a whole stack of them. They're going to light a lot of fires this winter, okay? And then um, I don't want you to believe what you hear on TV, all the ads and all that stuff, because the, the postcards I get in the mail, that you get in the mail, the ads that we hear on TV, it's nothing but a bunch of smear campaign. Every one of us have got dirt, all right? And so you're going to have to dig, you're going to have to use your own mind, the mind of Christ, okay, with the Word of God, and get in there and dig into each candidate and find out what they really believe in and what their values are. Are any of them going to be perfect? No. The only one perfect is Jesus. Okay, but there is somebody that you need to vote for that's going to be the perfect one for that position for right now. And that's who you need to vote for. And so I want you to go to that Wake, Wake Oklahoma site, um, get on their email list. Uh, they'll send you things so you know about upcoming elections that are coming up. Uh, but this one, this Tuesday, is a big election, guys. I can't stress it enough. It's huge. It's huge. It's a, I, I believe with all of my heart, and I think every election has been that way. I talked about this the last time we had a presidential election. Um, I believe that this vote is for the soul of our nation. I really do. And so we've got to turn out in record numbers. And what could sway this vote is Christians if the church would just show up. Just the church would just show up. And so you might be asking, well, okay, Pastor Mark, how do we approach voting as Christians. And what I want to tell you is you can't vote your conscience. you got to vote a, a biblical worldview according to the Word of God because your conscience could be wrong. And uh, um, there's going to be, in all these votes, even though we're, we're going to be voting for candidates, and I'm going to show you how to vote for candidates, is you're going to have to dig a little bit further and see what their values are and, and their, their morals and all those things. Okay, You're going to have to dig into those those things and find out uh, because one of the I'm just going to give you a, a moral issue that's under attack right now one of the things that's under attack right now more than it ever has been in this nation is marriage and family um, and uh, I learned from Senator Bullard there's a lot of things and I'm and I'm I'm getting more involved in this I'm going to start between February and May is when they you know have all their their voting in bills and voting out bills but that's I'm getting more involved where I know what's going on at the Capitol because they've asked us, will Christians show up and pray? Just come up in the balcony and pray. And I, I, and I said, as a pastor, I will be there. If you let me know what's going on, I'll drive the two hours to be there to pray. And so that's what they've been asking of us as pastors. And I can't, guys, I, I could not believe the things that are going on in our state, the, the belt buckle of the Bible belt. And one of the things that Senator Bullard, we were, 
we had a Zoom meeting with him one day with some other pastors and stuff. He was late getting the Zoom meeting. He came in on the Zoom meeting and he said, guys, I'm sorry I'm late, but uh, the, uh, the governor, Governor Stitt called me and wanted me to come to his uh, meeting because they were trying to pass a bill. And they write these bills and they're like that thick. And you got to read them because they're trying to insert stuff in there to tear down this nation and tear down this state. And he said in that bill was, a, was uh, what they were trying to pass was for the OU Children's Medical Center to be able to do um, the, the, uh, the genital um, uh, surgeries at the age of 10. At the age of 10. That's in, in Oklahoma. And that's, that's a direct attack on marriage and family. It's an antichrist spirit, spirit of lawlessness. We can go on and on and on. So how did that bill even get in there? Because somebody believes that, that, that we can do that. Their belief system, their morals, their character. And they got voted in, in that position. So we can vote them in, we can vote them out, but we got to go make our vote count. And everybody said... Amen. And I'm, that bulletin insert will really help you today, and I pray that you, you dig into it and, and do some research for yourself. Exodus 18, verse 21. Um, golly, we can go back thousands of years from a wisdom from a father-in-law to Moses. Jethro was his name of all names, Jethro, and his wisdom. But God put wisdom on this man to teach Moses how to govern the people. And this is what he said, and this still applies today, and this applies to when you're voting for people. Exodus 18, verse 21 says, But select capable men and women from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men, who hate dishonest gain. There it goes for a lot of them right there. And appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. That's from Jethro. And so right there is your four things that you need to be looking for when you're sizing up a candidate, men or women. They must be able, they must fear God, they must be people of truth, and they must hate dishonest gain. Now here, that's just looking at their character, all right? I'm going to go ahead and say something, and I'm going to say it loud and proud today. Don't, don't look at the pigment of their skin, whether they're black, Hispanic, white, whatever, don't look what gender they are, if they're male, woman, okay, male or female. Don't, and the reason why I'm saying that, guys, is because some people vote. She's a woman. I'm voting for her because I'm a woman. I'm voting for her. They don't even dig and find out anything about that person. Or that person's black. I'm black. I'm voting for him or her. And they don't dig and they don't find out anymore about that person. I'm not... I'll vote for a woman. I'll vote for a black. I'll, I'll, if they match this character right here, they must be able, they must fear God, they must be people of truth, and they must hate dishonest gain. And if you will dig, and that bulletin insert that I put in the bulletin for you today will help you see what their character really is. Don't, don't believe what you read on the postcard. Don't believe what the, the, uh, the, things are, the, the ads are saying don't believe what anybody else says in your family. You check it out for yourself. And everybody said, amen. Now, here's another thing I'm going to say is because Jada and I were talking about this the other day because um, I was telling her 
what I felt like the Lord was leading me to, to teach on today. And she said, well, Mark, you need to address something because I've even said this myself. My vote doesn't count. You know, it's all rigged. Um, you know, um, you know I, I just feel like my vote doesn't count. I'm just, you know, just... And, it, and I heard somebody say this, and I thought, man, this is a great analogy. Not voting is like littering. Let me explain. My little grandson came over the house and it's this summer and we ride, he likes to ride the golf cart. Okay, he can't drive yet, he's only three. He wants to, but I don't let him. And so we're, we're driving the golf cart and we're going down to Buffalo Bend is where we're, and he's got a piece of candy and he's got a candy wrapper and as we're driving along, he throws it out. Okay, just a little bit piece of candy wrapper, just a little bit piece. And I was like, this is a great teaching moment. So I stopped I said, Jarek, you're going to go pick that up because we don't litter. I said, this, all this out here that you see, these trees and just, you know, the, the lake that we get to go play on and do things on, this is all of God's creation that God created for us, and it's good for us, but we can't trash it, and we got to take care of it. And he, he understood, and he picked up his piece of trash, stuck it in his pocket, and we threw it away when we got home. And I was telling Jada, you not voting is you littering. You've got to vote. And, and you might say, well, then, in your vote, you're like, my vote doesn't count. Well, you're, if you go vote, it's like you going into that bar ditch and picking up one beer can or one candy wrapper or whatever and putting it in your trash bag. Well, it helped right then. And if ever all of us would do that, we'd clean up the whole bar ditch if everybody would vote. And I was like, that's a great analogy. So every one of us has a part to play. You may just be going and picking up one piece of trash when you vote. But if all of us were voting, then we're going to clean up that whole bar dish. We're going to clean up this side, and we're going to have, we're going to have a beautiful earth. We're going to have the righteousness of God. We're going to have all the good things. And everybody, we're going to have heaven on earth. And everybody said, amen. And I don't have to worry. Guys, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I wouldn't... If you'd have told me this uh, even 10 years ago, if you'd have told me this five years ago, uh, that I would have to be concerned that my little grandson, when he goes to school, that he's going to be having to go to the same bathroom with God only knows what. And uh, I can't even believe that, that we're having that conversation from a pulpit. And yet that's what we're living in. And they're really pushing it to happen in every school system. And, uh, and what's behind it is a perverse spirit. It's, it's pedophilia. I you can call it whatever you want to call it, but it's, it's not from God. It's not from God at all. And it's us as Christians that have got to vote and stop this madness and this chaos. Only us that we get involved and make that vote. So your vote does count. Look at somebody say, your vote counts. So get registered if you're not to vote on Tuesday. And if you are registered, go show up at the polls and get, and get your vote in. All right? And every one of us is just like picking up a little bit of trash every time you vote. And, um, and, and go over that, that bulletin insert that I put in there for you. And what I'm going to do today to close this message out is I'm going to share three, um, three quotes that I came across. Uh, one of them is from Noah Webster. How many of you know who that guy is? One of our founding fathers, the dictionary dude, 
All right, that's what I call him. The other one that I came across was somebody that, that I was like, man, I, I like this guy. Um, president James Garfield. He was our 20th United States president. Um, he was assassinated, but something that he said really just resonates with me. And then the last one is Thomas Jefferson, who was our third United States president and what, they, what these three gentlemen said. This first one is Noah Webster, and he said this. Our founding father, Noah Webster, instructed his students saying, when you become entitled to exercise the right of voting for public officers, let it be impressed on your mind that God commands you to choose the rulers, just men who will rule in the fear of God. And he even used this scripture with his students, Exodus 18.21, that I just read to you. The preservation of a republican government depends on the faithful discharge of this duty. If the citizens neglect their duty and place unprincipled men in office, the government will soon be corrupted. Laws will be made not for the public good so much as for the selfish or local purposes. Corrupt or incompetent men will be appointed to execute the laws. The public revenues will be squandered on unworthy men, and the rights of the citizens will be violated or disregarded. If a Republican government fails to secure public prosperity and happiness, it must be because the citizens neglect the divine commands and elect bad men to make and administer the laws. Yeah, it does. Here's, here's that second quote. This is from Reverend President don't that just sound good? Reverend President James Garfield. He says, now more than ever, the people are responsible for the character of their Congress. If that body be ignorant, reckless, and corrupt, it is because the people tolerate ignorance, recklessness, and corruption. If it be intelligent, brave, and pure, it is because the people demand these high qualities. If the next centennial does not find us as a great nation, then it will be because those who represent the enterprise, the culture, and the morality of the nation do not aid in controlling the political forces. That's what Reverend James Garfield said. He was the 20th president of the United States of America. And then the last one is what uh, Thomas Jefferson said, the third president of the United States of America. He said, we in America do not have government by the majority. We have government by the majority who participate. All tyranny needs to gain a foothold is for people of good conscience to remain silent. So we participate by voting. And everybody go vote this Tuesday. And everybody said amen. I want everyone to bow your heads in here this morning. And the first thing I want to do is just to... Um, we're going to pray for this, this election coming up. And, uh, but I want to make sure that everyone here, those that are watching online, that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He's the King. He's our Savior. He's the Lord. Um, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he is making intercession for us, praying that we do make the right choices. And, uh, but if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. And so I want to lead you in a simple prayer to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And even if you are saved, I want you to repeat this prayer with them. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe you are the Son of God, and you died on the cross for me and rose again on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins and create a clean heart in me. Renew my spirit so I can hear your voice. I accept you as my Savior. 
you are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. And everybody said amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want you to just pray with me for this, this election on Tuesday. And not just today at church, but uh, even tomorrow, even on Tuesday. Um, because there is a battle, and it's the soul of this nation, and we need to be, be in prayer, okay? So I want you to just, uh, I'm going to pray out loud, and I just want you to pray with me this morning. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name as uh, we're, we're part of this, this voting process, this, this small church family in western Oklahoma. And Lord, I pray that as we go vote, that you would give that, uh, us that mental picture that we're going and we're just picking up a little bit of trash. And we're changing that area where that's at. And Lord, if all of us collectively would get involved in voting, then God, we're going we're gonna to clean things up. And so Lord, that's, that's what we're wanting to do is clean up all of this. God, I, I, I'm tired of tolerating the stuff that's coming out of the very top, Washington, D.C., and all the way down, God. And so it's time for us as citizens of America to stand up and roar and speak our voices, speak the truth and love, but part of that is through our vote. And so, Lord, I'm praying for a record turnout of voters, God, of Christian voters that are going to vote not their conscience, but they're going to vote with a biblical worldview. God, that they're really going to take time and figure out what's behind each candidate, and what their morals are, what their values are, how they think, all those things, even using Exodus 18, 21, what we just read about. Are they able, God? Are they, are, are they wise? Do, do they have that leadership quality? Are they going to make the right decision even when they're under fire, God? And Lord, some of these things, we're just praying that you show us the, as we study, as we go through that that guide, that voter guide, show us the ones to vote for, to put into office, God, in Jesus' name. Lord, I, I believe that there's going to be some even here under the sound of my voice today, uh, may not be right now, but in the future, they're going to run for offices uh, on, the, on the local level, in their towns, God, in the state level, God, even national level, I'm believing for that in the name of Jesus. God, that we're going to raise up a righteous generation that wants to see things turn. God, and I believe that we're, we're, we're on the precipice. I mean, we're, the, the soul of this nation is, uh, is, is, being, um, is being attacked right now and is being wanted by the enemy. And God, it's either, uh, God, Lord, the judgment begins at the house of God is what your word says. And so it's up to us as Christians to get out and vote. God, and, and we're either facing judgment or revival. God, and I want revival. Lord, we want revival in this nation again. We want that third great awakening to happen. But God, it's time for Christians to wake up and let our voices be heard. And part of that voice is the voting process. And so Lord, I pray that, that if there's people here that's not registered and they're of age, I pray that tomorrow they go get registered, they do everything they, they can do to, to vote on Tuesday, God. If they are registered, then maybe they've just given up. Like Jada said, why does it, I don't even know if my vote even counts. Lord, I pray that they'd realize their vote does count. And whenever we all vote together, it really counts, and it really makes an impact. And so, Lord, I'm just thanking you for a record turnout this Tuesday here in, in Dewey County. But God, also every county in Oklahoma and all over this nation, God. And Lord, we're going to see some tables 
turn in the name of Jesus. We're going to see righteousness restored, God. We're going to see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, God, we trust you with this, God, and we're going to do everything that we can by praying and by voting. And, God, I just speak a special blessing over everyone here today. God, help, help them to realize that we're not just voting for us in the here and now. We're voting for future generations here. God, we're voting for our grandkids, God. We're voting for our children and our grandkids and even grandkids that's not even born yet. And so, Lord, help us to realize the responsibility of getting out to vote. And, God, we love you and praise you, and we thank you that you're still the God of this nation. God, you're the one that birthed this nation. Um, there was men and women that, that came here and birthed this nation because they wanted to worship you. And, uh, Lord, we, and we're founded on godly principles, on Christian principles, and I'm praying that we're going to get back to the roots of that in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I just pray a special blessing over everyone here today. God, bless them and their families. And, God, we thank you that um, we're Christians and we're Americans today. And we're fighting for unity in this, for the United States of America. We're fighting for a soul today. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. I want everyone to stand up in here this morning. I'm going to speak a blessing over you. Jade and I are going to speak this blessing over you today. And this is out of Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. I don't take this lightly every Sunday. This is not just a way we close out, but this is, this is powerful. The, the, there's power in a spoken blessing. And I encourage you not to just, even though I do this as your pastor, I encourage you to start doing this in your home over your kids and over your grandkids. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. May the Lord give you his peace. May the Lord bless your going out and your coming in today. May the Lord anoint you to, to fulfill the divine destiny that God has given to you. May everything that is brought against you be crushed by the protection that God himself shall provide. May you be blessed in your health. May you be blessed in your relationships. May your children and your children's children be blessed because they are the heritage of the righteous. From this day forward, as you submit yourselves to the Christ of the cross, may your lives be filled with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory and with peace that surpasses all understanding. May your home, as the word of God says, be as the days of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name, we pray and ask it. And everybody said, amen. Hug somebody's neck and say, go vote. Go vote.
So I'm bringing you my drive. 